Welcome to Weight Loss and Wellness for Real, the podcast where people like you get the practical solutions and support you need to permanently lose the physical and mental weight so you can feel better and live the life you want in the body and mind you want. If you're looking to overcome your stress eating, overeating, binging behaviors, and move to a place of freedom with food and your body, you're in the right place. Just a reminder that this podcast represents my own opinions. The content here should not be taken as medical advice. The content here is for educational and informational purposes only. Please consult your doctor or healthcare professional for any individual medical questions you may have. Hello, friends, and welcome. Thanks for being here today. We are talking all about how to de-stress without food, and I know so many of you out there definitely deal with that. That is why you probably listen to this podcast. This is something that has been a journey for me as well, personally. So using food or drink to de-stress happens, well, for so, 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 so many of us. So, you know, does de-stressing for you mean indulging in food and drink? And if that's so, I want you to keep listening to really learn how to work through the stress that we feel, um, the sensation and that accumulation of stress in our bodies that often happens throughout the day, although we can often wake up with it too, depending on circumstances in our life, but I want you to keep listening to learn this process of how to um, really deal with this stress throughout the day without going to food or drink to help us cope with it. And so first off, we need to look for some clarity around the word stress or stressed, right? So so when we say, I'm stressed, uh, it can mean some very different feelings that are going on. And we first want to get really nuanced and clear on what exactly are the feelings we are feeling when we say, I'm stressed, right? All of us are dealing with different things going on throughout the day. And each of us, when we say, I'm stressed, really um, often have different underlying feelings of what causes us stress. And We really want to name the feelings because remember, we know that when we name our feeling, when we give it a label and when we clarify it, it immediately gives the brain a sense of control. And when the brain feels somewhat in control, we will feel less stressed, okay? So the brain turns the dial down a bit when we name and label the feeling, Uh, the volume goes down, if you will, on the stress. It gives us a small sense of space, of pause. So when you say stressed, you may feel overwhelmed. You may feel exhausted. You may feel angry. I might feel guilty or helpless or hopeless. We might also feel defeat or shame or agitated or frustrated or moody or lonely or worthless or depressed or a whole combination of some of those. The list goes on and on for those underlying feelings that we feel when we are stressed. So we need to get really clear on exactly what we are feeling. So name it either out loud or in your head, writing it down can be even more powerful. I hope you are finding something useful from these 
episodes and this podcast. And if so, please share it with someone else in your life you feel it could benefit. This podcast is also now monetized. So if you really feel you are getting a lot from it and want to help keep it going, please go to the episode show notes. You can just scroll down from wherever you're listening. You'll see a description of the episode and then you will see it says support this podcast and then there's a link you can click on. You can click on that link and that's where you can support the podcast. Even the smallest donation, like 99 cents, helps to keep me producing the podcast. And to those of you who have donated, I really, really appreciate the support. I really do appreciate all of you listening and sharing the space with me. Again, just very thankful for all of you. After we've named the feeling, we want to take an intentional breath or two or three because this breath, this intentional breathing, this this taking a breath on purpose will connect us back to our body and connecting to our body intentionally through a deep inhale, through the nose, will bring us back into our bodies. You can also access your connection to your body by, you know, you can do things like stretching your hands above your head or bend over at the waist for a little stretch or roll your wrists around. All these things bring us back into the body. And I think it's important to understand why connecting to our bodies when we are feeling stress is so important. Why would you do this in order to eat less, right? Why would we focus on trying to connect to our bodies just to eat less when we're stressed? So when we feel that, or or when we talk about that general term of stress, remembering that stress is actually many different emotions that we can label and name more succinctly, whether you are aware of it or not, our bodies are responding to that stress, that emotion. Remember, there are those little chemical cocktails that are attached to every emotion we feel, and then they run throughout our bodies, right? Those those chemical cocktails set off all kinds of sensations in our bodies, but in particular, when we are feeling stressed, we experience, again, whether you're aware of this or not, We experience tension in our bodies, physical tension. And when we experience anything that creates stress, the the hypothalamus, that little control tower in our brains, sends out the order to send in the stress hormones, right? This is like cortisol, there's a bunch. And, And those are the same hormones that trigger our fight, flight, freeze, fawn response. Our blood vessels constrict, our heart races, our breath quickens. And by the way, this is why overriding this response with intentional breathing reverses this process right? Um, Another thing that happens, our muscles become really primed for action. That means they go into tension. And this is a really important response in our bodies, right? It's meant to protect us from actual life uh, death or danger. Like, like, um, you know, the body, we need this response to respond to actual life and death danger. But when the stress is simply from the, the compounding experience experiences in one's daily life. And this stress response keeps firing day after day, all day long. It really puts our health at risk. But even beyond that, it sets us up to use food and drink as a way to cope, to switch us out of fight or flight, that fight or flight state. Um, Because when we eat or drink, it moves us into the parasympathetic 
parasympathetic nervous system, which is our rest and digest system. So when we eat, in order to digest the food, our bodies have to have to switch out of fight or flight momentarily to move into rest and digest. So you can see why using food to de-stress is such an easy habit to get into because it really does work in the moment. It calms us in the moment. It soothes us in the moment. It releases the tension in the body that we've been enduring in the moment. But obviously, you know the problem that arises. When we are emotionally eating, when when our bodies don't need the food, and then what happens over time, it creates more health problems, creates weight gain, and at the very least, the inability to lose weight if that is your goal. So when we can access our bodies, when we can embody our body through focusing on taking a breath or two through the nose and then exhaling for double the time of the inhale, right? So we're going to inhale whatever, for a count of two through the nose, exhale for a count of four through the nose, inhale through the nose, count of three, exhale through the nose, count of six. Or when we intentionally jump up and down or roll our neck from side to side or stretch our arms overhead, we momentarily reduce the tension in our body as well. And we send a signal to the brain that says, hey, we're actually good here, right? This is not life and death. No need to send in more stress hormones. So embodying our body in these moments momentarily switches us out of fight, flight, freeze, fawn, switches us into the parasympathetic system and gives the brain a new message. Hey, we do not need any more stress hormones here. Next, we we really need to increase our capacity to tolerate negative emotions. And, And you may be thinking, well, it does not sound like fun. And I'm here to tell you the truth. It is not fun. And that's the point. This is not about fun and feeling good. Life is not all about fun and feeling good. Negative emotions are normal. There is nothing wrong with feeling anger or sadness or defeat. This is all normal. It doesn't feel good, but it is normal. This is being human. And there is really a, I really see a true beauty and richness and meaningfulness which by the way, can feel even better than fun and feeling good all the time. And truly learning to feel difficult feelings, to learn how to endure hard feelings. And if there is any resistance right now coming up for you in what I just said, then that is a signal to do some journaling around this or work with a therapist on this. Ask yourself, why do I think negative emotions are bad? Where did that belief come from? Was this some sort of messaging you got as a child? Where did you learn that negative emotions are bad? Were you constantly shut down by a parent when you were crying or when you were angry? Um, You know, ask yourself, what are you afraid of happening if you experience a negative emotion, right? Are, Are you relating experiencing a negative emotion to how others might treat you? Uh, What is so very bad about a negative emotion? So you want to find out what this is so that you can start to work to solve for this belief that is definitely not helpful in this human experience of life. I work with a lot of clients who find out as they do this work that they believe, this is just an example, if they experience a negative emotion, others are going to reject them. 
And so this makes sense that they would avoid negative emotions at all costs, right? So when I have a negative emotion, I'm going to eat. I need to avoid that emotion at all costs because as humans, we need to be accepted by our tribe. We cannot survive if we are rejected in any way. So then we need to spend time working on this negative belief that I'm going to be rejected if I have a bad emotion. So working on thinking in a new, in, in thinking in more helpful ways about rejection, Rejection does not mean death like it used to a long time ago when rejection by the tribe meant, you know, we were not going to have protection of the tribe anymore. We were physically going to die. We were kicked out. Nowadays, rejection by anyone just means we experience a difficult feeling. We will not die these days from rejection, but the brain doesn't quite get that yet until we work with it to undo that hardwiring and create new pathways of thinking that are more helpful for us. So if this happens to be your belief that negative emotions means rejection from others, you know, or whatever reason you figure out is the reason you don't want to feel a negative emotion, that you resist negative emotions, then you want to work on creating new beliefs around these negative emotions, working to change that belief to one that serves you, to one where it's like negative emotions, they are just normal, they're always going to happen, and I can tolerate them, I can sit with them, nothing bad's going to happen. So when we learn the skill, and it is a skill that can be practiced and learned by anyone, when we learn the skill and practice the skill of really feeling difficult feelings, really being able to be with ourselves when we experience difficult feelings, we can then experience and tolerate negative emotions in such a beautiful way without going to food or alcohol or shopping or whatever your thing might be to get you out of stress and difficult feelings. So then think about what this actually gifts you in life, what this gives you. When we can feel negative feelings that are at the core of our stress response, when we can feel the hard emotions without distracting, without trying to soothe them with temporary means like food, and we learn how to process these hard emotions through our body, if, and that's kind of a, um, I know some people maybe don't get very comfortable with it, but truly, you know, emotions are energy and we do end up, you know, the ways to soothe ourselves is learning how to process those emotions, moving them out through our body, which you can do through journaling with words, with verbalizing things. Um, there's lots of different ways you can do that with movement. Like we talked about, you will find when you when you learn this skill that you no longer have that urge or impulse or need to overeat. When you are stressed, instead of immediately going to the fridge or pantry or drive through or grocery store to get that fix, you will find that you're in that practiced habit of naming your emotion, giving it a label, using techniques that work for you, because it's different for everyone, to access your body in that moment, and then allowing the negative emotion simply to be there, to really just sit in it, to really feel it, to name where you sense that emotion in your body. And when you do these things, that emotion lessens in intensity, and then we learn that skill of tolerating our negative emotions. And when this tolerance grows, the negative emotion lessens in intensity and frequency. It's kind of paradoxical, but that is how it works. You can move on then with behaviors you actually want to be engaging in, like not overeating. 
and instead losing that extra weight you want off your body and improving your health overall. So, you know, if you're experiencing stress and you're not necessarily going to process it exactly in the moment, because sometimes we can't do this, like we're stressed at work or we're with our kids or whatever. So I can't take that time to kind of run through that framework. But if you have worked on increasing your tolerance for stress or negative emotions, you really in that moment want to just keep breathing. Very important. You want to say, stay with yourself, to be with yourself. Don't try to run away or abandon yourself because it's experiencing a negative emotion. If anything, move more into yourself, move closer to yourself. Remember how we are always um, talking about building that loving, healthy relationship with yourself. This is part of it. Moving closer to yourself in hard emotional times, not distracting or trying to ignore or repress is exactly how you would respond to a little child you love who's in distress, who is having difficult feelings. Move closer into yourself, just like you would that child you love. Be interested and curious about what is happening. What is the emotion? Name it if you can. What does it actually feel like in my body? Name the sensations in your body. This is the actual practice of embodying your emotions. We use our head and mind to name the emotion. We use naming the sensations in our body that go along with the emotion as a way to embody and be with ourselves in this moment, just like you would a child you love. Get curious, become a student of yourself, um, learn and, and get curious about understanding yourself better. Cry if you need to and if it's appropriate. Take space if you can. Pause. Next, I want, I want you to think about what are you telling yourself as you're experiencing negative emotions. Often, you know, I'm saying things to myself like, this is what it's like to be an adult or this is what it's like to be a normal human. So just, um, just get really neutral about my negative emotions that are not so fun to feel. I just get very factual. This is what it's like to have a normal human experience. So we work on allowing an acceptance here. I am feeling this difficult emotion. I am feeling stress and whatever emotions are behind that stress. And that's okay because it's normal to experience these emotions. Nothing is going wrong here. This is the normal human experience. Nothing is wrong with me if I'm experiencing these emotions. So offer some of these thoughts to yourself. It helps calm the whole system down. Consider approaching yourself um, with love and with compassion. And this is a bit of that reparenting part. So something like, I'm so sorry this is happening and we can get through this. As you, you know, you're saying that to yourself, I'm sorry this is happening and we can get through this. We can be with this. We can stay with this. This is validating ourselves. This is showing ourselves that there is someone who cares, who shows compassion. We're, we're showing that to ourselves. Ourself can give ourself <laughs> those things. So Ultimately, this builds that healthy relationship with ourselves that I'm always talking about. And by the way, if you take anything away from this episode, please take this with you. When we love something or someone, we take the best care of that thing, that person, the, our pet. You know, when, when we practice showing compassion and kindness to ourselves in these moments, we build a healing and healthy relationship with our own self. And when we um, have programmed ourselves over time to respect ourselves, to love ourselves, to be kind to ourselves, we then 
automatically care better for ourselves, just like you do for others you love, that pet you adore. Because think about it, that child you love, that pet you love, the best friend you couldn't live without, how do you behave with them? Do you, 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 you take care of them to the absolute best of your ability because you love them. And if we're just going to food here, you give your beloved pet the best dog food you can afford. You feed your child in the healthiest manner possible because you love them. You are caring for them. You want the best for them. And think about this. You do set guidelines around food and feeding because you love them. You allow your beloved animal to eat when they are hungry. And yet you may have time to relimit that feeding to once or twice a day, knowing it is best for your animal's health. I'm not saying to limit your feeding to once or twice a day for you. I'm just giving an example on how we create guidelines for those we love because we care about them. So when you have that healthy, loving relationship with yourself, which remember is developed through your languaging with yourself, through the words you use to talk to yourself, that is how we create that healthy and healing relationship with ourselves. We when you, you will, well, you automatically respect yourself more. You respect your body and therefore you care for yourself in these ways, including how you feed yourself. Okay. So I hope from this, you have somewhat of a framework to practice on how to de-stress without food. You are not going to be perfect at this right away. This is a skill. Learning to not use food or drink to de-stress is a skill, meaning it takes intentional practice of going through this framework, feeling your feelings, learning a higher tolerance for negative feelings, naming the feeling under the stress, going into your body, embodying your body, processing that emotion. But it is so doable and, and it does happen over time. You get really good at it over time. And then, and then my friends, there is freedom on the other side. It's so, so worth it. Thanks for listening. I appreciate all of you here and and supporting this podcast, whether it's just through listening to the episodes, um, through the monetary support some of you give, and also just by sharing it with others and sharing it on social media. It all contributes to the listenership, which um, is what allows me to keep these episodes coming out once a week. Thank you, and we will talk soon. Did you know you can find a lot more help from me on my website? Go to heatherheinen.com. Heinen is spelled H-E-Y-N-E-N. And get in touch with questions on all things I offer, like online courses for overeating, weight loss, goal attainment, and also my coaching and counseling services. Mm-hmm.